All right, back on Balls in the Air with uh, your favorite host from the world of podcasting. Well, I hope so anyway, Charlie Reimer. And got, got a great show today. Uh, Nick Sherburn, who is a founder of uh, Club Champion. Club Champion now with uh, 86 retail locations across the country that got started back in uh, uh, 2010. And uh, Nick, welcome to the show. Um, you're, you're sitting here, you got 86, 86 stores now, Club Champion. Uh, when, when you got going with this, and I know you were in the business before 2010, but did you ever think you'd get to where, where you, you guys are now with, with the 86 stores? No. I, well, no. I mean, it would, it's awesome that it happened, but the reality of it is I started this business when I was 16 years old. And and so, you know, 2010 fast, that was 98. And so fast forward to 2010, we had two locations and um, I was a young fella and, and I met some people um, we were kind of talking about before we got on this podcast, you know, you meet so many great people through golf. And um, I met some people that, that opened my eyes to maybe something that we could do greater and, and really take what I've done here and, and, and expand it across the globe. And, you know, kind of at the time was like, well, maybe we could do 20, 25 of these. Well, <laughs> uh, 11 years later, we're at 86. So I guess we're going to just keep going, which is great. The uh, more people we can touch, the better. Well, I, I've been in quite a few of your locations and um, it, it really is an amazing experience. Uh, I, I'm spoiled, always have been in, in the world of equipment, having had access as a PGA Tour player to the tour mans and that sort of stuff. And when I go in one of your stores, um, it it's to me just exactly like the experience I get when I would walk in a, in a PGA Tour van back when I was playing this this game for a living. And, and bringing that experience to a lot of people is something I I thought would never happen, but it's, it's amazing to me how fast the technology has changed. When, when I was a kid, my, my teaching professional, master PGA professional, Dean Alexander's had a long career in this business, a lot of different places. We're still close to this day, but, but I, I started with Dean when I was about 13 years old and he loved doing club repair. And, and Nick, you're not even going to be familiar with this because I, I played persimmon up till 1996 but, but we would go in and refinish my driver, you know, and, and, and the club repair shop in the back of the, the golf shop in Tiga K, South Carolina, and, you know, and strip it down and sand it and repair. I mean, I can remember taking like a, like clay and making a, a little dam and filling in with epoxy, you know, the, the, the places where the persimmon had been chipped away. And, and uh, I was so picky with, with that driver. I wanted to keep it in great shape for as long as I could. I, I, I wouldn't hit normal range balls. I'd always have two or three balls that, that I had in my bag, you know, because I didn't want the sand on a range ball to mess up the persimmon. And I, I think from where we were then to where we are now with, with golf club repair, golf club uh, um, uh, construction, with, with the fitting, the, the, everything that goes into it, it's amazing how far we've come as an industry in such a short period of time. Just so you know, for and my one of the first things I learned in club repair was refinishing wooden woods. In fact, we were so slow the first couple of years back in the late 90s that, you know, what we were doing, um, we would take old clubs of people's and refinish them just like it. Till this day, we still have folks bringing clubs that they want re-whipped. Remember the whipping on there? Oh, yeah. And I could so, never do that. I was the worst at whipping. <laughs> And with 400 employees now, I am still the only employee that knows how to do that. So when a customer comes <laughs> in, they're like, this was my grandfather's club or this is my dad's club and I want to put it in my office. Can you re-whip it? And they all come back to me and then I go into the build shop and do it. And people just kind of look at me and they're like, 
you still do that? And I'm like, yeah, I guess I can still do that. So oh, it, it was it's just so cool seeing those old clubs. I, I played, um, I was with Arnold Palmer Golf for a while, a company that was first started as First Flight, and then it became Arnold Palmer Golf. And it was in Chattanooga. And, and they had this process that's called densitize. I remember it was somehow they would put a, put clubs in vacuum chambers and the, some, some kind of oil would get, you know, in theory, get sucked into the persimmon. But they actually, um, uh, there was a persimmon blight like in the, in the mid 80s. And they, and they like cornered all of the persimmon blocks and, and they, they always had the best persimmon. And the guy who would do a lot of Mr. Palmer's clubs would do a couple of drivers for me. And I would go down, the old factory was down right off the Tennessee River in Chattanooga. And, and it was just so cool. It smelled like a furniture factory. And there were the veneers <laughs> and the varnishes and all of that. But Mr. Palmer would be like beautiful persimmon. And I always like to have a color that would not cherry and not natural, but somewhere in the middle, you know, getting that color just right was all, always, always cool. But he always took his clubs and he'd go straight up black with them. And, and uh, they would paint over the, the insert line or not paint over color over the top of it. So I've, in fact, I've got a driver at home now. It's still in pretty good shape, but it's, it's black. And it was the same way they made it for Mr. Palmer black on top. And you couldn't see the insert. It wouldn't pop at all. It was like the, it was the coolest club. And that's the club I played on tour till till 96 but there's something about that old stuff i really miss that well it's it's just a whole different but it is kind of cool like you know what we're going to talk about today is it wasn't that long ago that that's what you played golf with yeah and you know now it's like you know rocket science to it, it a little bit I, i'll make it a lot easier and i think people make it tougher than it needs to be but it's pretty amazing to see how far this industry has gone in a short period of time well, one thing I know for sure, every now and then I'll go back and I'll hit some of that old stuff just for kicks. And if, if you go back and hit an old persimmon driver, uh, and I've got a bag of them at home, you better go back and hit the old uh, Bellotta, yeah. real Bellotta golf ball, like a 384 Titleist golf ball. And, and they sort of match up. If you try to hit a modern, even a tour ball that we think of as being sort of softer now, with a persimmon, you find out really quickly that it's not very soft. I mean, the, the, not very soft, might explode the club. Might, there's a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, you're better off trying to get like an old wound ball for that. Yeah, yeah. But it's fun every now and then to go back and, and hit all that stuff. So, um, it, it, and it's fun to reminisce about all that. But but um, the reason I ask you to be on the show and, and thank you for coming on is uh, this, this weekend I was playing a member guest and we had that the format where there's uh, five, nine hole matches. And it, it's a lot of fun because you get to meet a lot more people. But one, one of the opponents that my buddy and I had in our match, he asked me, he said, Charlie, um, how do I keep up with what's going on in golf? He goes, you know, I, I want to have new gear, but I, I don't even really know how to dig into figuring out is there stuff that's newer than what I've got, what's coming down the pipeline. And I thought, you know, that's a great idea for a show to try to help people uh, sort through um, how, how to stay up to date, find out if there is anything out there that can help them. And, and so that's why we called to ask you to come on the show. So how, how would you go about answering that question? Well, uh, I know you didn't bring me on for a commercial, but to me, that's the whole premise of why you come to a club champion. It was, you kind of even said it perfect right at the beginning. And I'll take you back to my history of when I was younger in high school and starting this business, I also worked at the range at Cog Hill, Western Open. I'm sure you played in it. And I would watch folks like you go to these trailers and tweak their golf equipment and do all this little stuff. And I was amazed by it. And I was like, well, wait, 
if the best players in the world are doing this, why isn't the average person getting this? And so that's kind of how club champion came along is, is I found out that there's just so much out there. It's, it's not super digestible unless you're very into it. Um, in fact, I even found, and you can probably talk to this more, a lot of tour players didn't even necessarily know. They just had these technicians that would go, they would say, hey, I'm having trouble hitting this shot or having trouble hitting that shot or, you know, I feel like I lost some distance. And then these technicians would take over and tweak their equipment to get the shot that that player was looking for. And so club champions kind of always kind of escalated since that. It's like, can there be a place that takes the unbiasedness of just selling you something out of it and let science and, you know, whatever um, launch monitors that came along all this prove out what you should play and not let marketing or your buddy who might be a better or worse golfer tell you uh, a magazine article that could be paid for or not explain to you what you maybe should buy and not buy. And so, you know, long story short is, the whole premise of club champions, you come in and we look at it. We, we go, here's your launch. Here's your spin. Here's your club head speed. Here's the variables that can be changed. Here's the variables that are, are the things that are fixed, the constants. And we can help you marriage that. And because again, I just don't think you can just go out there and research a bunch of stuff. I think you'll get confused. My personal oh, opinion. Yeah, it is definitely confusing. And, and uh, here, here's one of the things I, I love about club champion and we discovered and, and I'm, this is no BS, I'll just cut right to the chase, but, but uh, we discovered, um, I guess it's been two and a half or three years ago, when, when Nike decided that they were going to get out of the golf club business, uh, and, they, and they had some players that might have had a year, two years left on a contract, those players were now free to play whatever equipment they wanted to play. And, and it was really interesting to me, you got a player that's getting paid to play a club that doesn't exist anymore, go play whatever you want. Uh, some of them would immediately go to a manufacturer and get a full lineup uh, out of one manufacturer. But most of them said, I'm going to cherry pick what's out there. I'm going to find the best driver. I'm going to find the best wedges, the best putter, the best irons, the best fairway metals, best utility. And that's to me when we sort of saw yep. who, who has the best club. And you, you might see the combinations I saw were like a tailor-made driver. You would see a lot of Mizuno irons. You'd see a lot of Scotty Cameron uh, putters. You'd, you'd see a lot of Bob Vokey wedges. You'd see sort of this mixed bag. What you guys do at Club Champion is that. You're not in bed with one particular manufacturer, whether it's the club heads or the shafts or anything else. And that's pretty amazing opportunity for the average consumer to come in and be able to truly cherry pick and get the best of the best. So I, I think what a lot of golfers don't realize still to this day and something we preach is, is, you know, the, there's limitations on this equipment that, you know, the USGA or the RNA have put on these manufacturers. So clubs can only do certain things like they can only have a certain amount of speed off the face. Um, they have limitations. And so then you have your swing and you have limitations, right? So, you know, no, we all have this different no. swing. <laughs> no, you're telling me that we have limitations as golfers. I'm not buying it, Nick. I'm yeah. not buying it. 
Well, we'll use, we do, and we have, and so, and a lot of people don't think about it. It's like, you have a different, we all have different swing paths. We all have different attack angles. There's a lot of variables in those. So, you know, until you get in and you see what your body does or like what your, how your body reacts to certain equipment, you're never going to know. And so, but what I was starting with, and I'm going to circle back around now is, so if we have you and your club head speed and your swing, and we know that the club can only produce another thing, which is this certain ball speed, we now know where you are and how good you can be. And so it's all just numbers. And so we can educate you about the numbers of going, okay, based on how fast you're swinging, are you getting the ball speed you you should? Once we get you that ball speed, or try to get you as close as technology can get you to the optimal ball speed based on what your club head speed is, can we get it to launch the way we need to launch? Not everybody needs to launch it high. Not everybody needs to launch it low. And so there's there's these imprints we put you in, but once we get in there, it's just, it is what it is. We can show you the equation and go, this is the best it can be. And there's no getting better. And I don't think a lot of golfers get that. And that's what we try to explain to them is technology is great. And you can read about it and you can go on forums and you can geek out about it. And believe me, I do those things, mm-hmm. but I also know how to weed out what's good and what's not. And I always tell people still to this day, the fitters, we train all our fitters here and I'm part of that process. I go, I talk to customers. I try to talk to customers like I'm talking to my dad. My dad's a nine hole golfer, plays nine holes three times a month, um, loves golf, but just a nine hole golfer, maybe watches a little TV, reads a magazine at the doctor's office. Other than that, he's not going to understand all this stuff, which is why I'm on this podcast today. And so, you know, us being able to get in there and educate you on, you know, these things that are, this is you, this is how good a golf club can be for you. Let's see how close we can get you there. And you're never going to do that unless you go into someplace that does really good fittings and has a lot of options. So, so my opponent from, from the member guest this past weekend is curious about it. I, 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 I would suggest to him get in a club champion or find, I've been a PGA professional myself, find, find a PGA professional in your area that, that does a lot of fittings, right? Because it seems like the more you do, the better you're going to get at it. Uh, but, but it's really something that's, that's, I'm not going to say impossible, but extremely difficult to take up on your own thinking, well, I'll just go in and try this off the rack and this off the rack. That's really just hit or miss, isn't it? It's a hundred percent hit or miss. It's uh, you know, that, and I totally agree. You've got to have somebody, you don't have to go to a club GP and not everybody can go to a club GP, but you have to go to somebody who's done a lot of fits because there's no university for club fitting. And um, there's certain like things we know, but at the end of the day, only, doing lots and lots of fits is how you get really good because you get to see all these different swings and you get to see all these different types of um, ways of hitting a golf ball in, 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 and you can't translate that through um, a textbook. So um, anyway, you got to go do that. And then I always say, you got to go somewhere that has a lot of different stuff to test because, you know, you go read about this equipment. This one says, Oh, this will launch higher. This one will launch lower. This one will spend more. This one will spend less. Yes, that's what they, 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 they set out to produce, and that's what they want that product to do. But as you know, as a PGA professional, with all the different attack angles and clubs, uh, club paths, that's not going to always happen for every golfer. And so that's why you have to have those different things to test to see if it truly works for you. Last time I was in a club champion, and you, you guys have a new uh... – uh, a, a new store here in the Myrtle Beach area. I went in for for uh, for a fitting. It was it was a lot of fun, and I, and I'm sure I'll butcher this, but 
that the combination of different clubs and heads and shafts and grips was something like 86,000 that they had like right there in the store that I could try, you know, theoretically that day. And I might be a little off on my number, but I don't think I'm too far off. Am I? No, you're actually high. I mean, we are, we state 55,000, but we are north of that. Yeah. Um, but that's what we state. It's a lot. And people go, well, that's overwhelming. You know, the big thing about club fitting in general, I think people get overwhelmed. They're like, you know, there's, there's too much. I don't understand it. It's expensive. It's, you know, I'm not good enough player, all these things. And, and no, 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 no. I tell people, I go, we have all those options so that we have something for everybody because we are going to have to deal with a lot of different swing types, a lot of different um, speeds, a lot of different everything. So you have to have all these products in order to dial in certain golfers. And also you want to have price points because not every golfer is going to want to spend the same thing. And so, you know, those, I always tell people, I go, the demo option is awesome, but don't get scared by it because that's why you have a really good fitter. That's going to take you through a journey of hitting just a select amount of those based on what that fitter needs to solve in your game. So, so let's talk about the, the investment uh, without getting into specifics of cost. Is, is it possible to come in a club champion and say, hey, listen, <clears throat> I, I love this game. I played it a long time. Uh, I, I've read about what you guys do. I believe in it. I want to go through this process, but I, I can't go in and get 14 clubs right now. I mean, can, can you get a fitter that'll look at your bag and say, all right, this, this driver <laughs> it's got whipping on it. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, let, let's just, let's just maybe, you know, ro rotate through maybe over a two year or three year period. We'll, we'll end up getting you gear. That's a, that's a lot better for you, but you're not taking the hit all at once. Is, is that something that you guys do? A hundred percent. And I I've said this for the 20 years that I've been club fitting and had this business is you don't have to come in committing to buy anything. What you have to commit to is the fit. And, you know, at Club Champion, we charge a fitting fee because you're going to get a full-time fitter that's been doing this, that's highly trained. We have the best training program in the business. Um, plus, you're going to have the best launch monitors. We use TrackMan, the Sam Putt Lab. Plus, you're going to have the demo selection we talked about. And by the way, <clears throat> we, don't, we don't sell brands. We sell performance. So it's mm -hmm. about what works. And so anyway, long story short is I tell people, you just have to commit to the fit. And you're going to come in, you're going to have this great, awesome experience. We're going to learn more than you ever thought you were going to learn. We're going to feed it to you in a digestible way. And at the end, you're going to have a blueprint. You're going to have this build spec that shows, okay, driver's perfect. You can't do any better. Leave that one alone. Three wood, let's maybe put a new shaft in there. Irons, we got to get all new irons. Whatever it is, right? It could be tweaking something. It could be getting all new something. It could be leaving something along, alone. But you'll have this blueprint. And then you can decide... Uh, you'll, you'll also see the price of all that and you can decide to do some of it, all of it or none of it. I mean, that's the beauty. Just pay for the fit. But at least you'll know what you're giving up. Right. And so that's where I tell people you can't really it's hard to put a value to something until you know what you're going to get out of it. And so our whole goal at the end of the fit is to show you very simply, here's how your clubs perform today. And here's what they could perform like, whether we, you know, leave it the same, tweak it or get all new. And now you can put a value to that easier and decide what to do. So um, two days ago, I was playing golf here in Merle's Inlet, South Carolina at a beautiful Caledonia. And they have these... Um, really super cool fox squirrels there you ever even seen a fox squirrel there they look uh, it's an odd looking squirrel they, i think they, i have actually yeah, one like of what told me. yeah and they're like they're like friendly they look more like ferrets and squirrels and they come over and people will feed them right 
And, and um, I was like messing with one right by my cart and, and I didn't have any food and he got mad and he, and he bit me. Can you see that right there? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm out there and I'm like looking up, you know, on my phone, am, am I going to get rabies or am I not going to get rabies and you know, all this sort of stuff. And, and so I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to get all of this, you know, these shots and it's painful and, you know, and all this sort of stuff. And um, I think a lot of people, you know, they got a medical problem or something like that. They start doing all this research online. They find out all this information. And then that happens to be, there's like a, a doctor out there. And I went over to the doc and I'm like, oh my God, so you're going to have to cut it off, you know? <laughs> and he's like, you're going to be just fine. You know? And, and I'm like, I'm thinking about every time I go to the doctor with something, I do all this research and I go in and I think I've got one thing and it's like, I either don't have that. I'm perfectly fine. Or I've got something else. So, so a client coming in to, to one of your fitters, is, is it best for them to do like I do and get on web, whatever the version of WebMD is and read all yeah, that? Yeah, I was going to call or you the WebMD. Just come in blind, you know, and see what yeah. you guys say. Well, I got a lot of doctor friends through the years that are clients and, and they call them the WebMDers, the people that come in just like that. And, and, and I'm guilty of that, by the way, too. Right. But in, in, my, in, in, in my world of club fitting, I call it the golf WRXer. And yeah. um, the person that goes on the forums and goes down these rabbit holes, which, by the way, I'm guilty, too. But, yeah. uh, you know, hard not no. to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, we love golf. We want to, we want to consume golf content. That's what we like. So I tell golfers, it's fine. Go do it. I do it. But here's what you got. You just keep a filter, right? Like, it's like, you can learn all this stuff, but don't take it all to heart because the reality of it is, is you shouldn't even listen to me if I were to tell you something like that, because what happens is, is I'm going to tell you the same thing I've told clients for years They text me and they go, Hey, Nick, you've known my swing, you know, this, can we just build this driver up and go? And I'll be like, well, we can, but it's, it's still a risk. Like there's no point in it when you have these great launch monitors. Now you have great fitters and you have these demos. Why wouldn't you come in, test it, make sure that we are getting the proper ball speed, launch, spin, shot shape we want. And then we build it because that is just, it's that accessible now. And it's um, why wouldn't you? To me, if you're going to go out and buy a driver, and I mean, most drivers off the shelf now are four to 600 bucks. Why wouldn't you get, you know, spend a little on a fitting fee and make sure that the investment you're putting in that is, you know, sound, good money spent. So yeah. good money invested. Exactly. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about some of the trends. Uh, and and I, I'm, I'm 53 and I, I've lost just through natural aging and eating too much fried food here in Myrtle Beach. Um, I, I would say my club head speed has gone from 118 to probably 106, 108. I mean, so, something like that in the last five years. And, and so I, I've, I've gone to a little bit lighter, a little less stiff. And, and so when I, when I ask buddies that are, or, or buddies that are ask me that are my same age, you know, I always say, Hey, you know what? I, I go to you know, a little bit lighter. Like I've, I've always played a 125 to 130 gram shaft in my irons. And now I play like a, a 110. I'd always been an X and now it's an S. And, and I'm sort of wondering, am I making a mistake by suggesting to, to my buddies to, to try a little lighter, a little less stiff, because everybody's got such a different swing. Is, is, that, is that a trend that you see working for, for people uh, and, and in the direction that we're going with equipment? Or is that just something that's working for me? And I'm telling my buddy, hey, try this. There's a couple of thoughts I have on that. The first one is I don't think you're doing anything wrong because I think people looking, you know, as you, we're, none of us are getting younger. 
Okay. So as you move in your golfing career, your, your speeds are going to change the way you load the club, your, you know, your transition at the top, whatever. There's a lot of little moving pieces, as you know, um, those things change. And so you might need a different product. At your point, you might need a different weight of shaft. You might need a different flex of shaft. You might need a different torque of shaft and, you know, to keep up that speed that you have. So, you know, if you're going from 118 to 108, listen, your ball speed, everything's changing. You're going to have to change something. Otherwise, you're just going to lose tons of distance. Or you can try to keep up with distance a little if you have the right technology to marriage it. So mm-hmm. I tell folks, it's like, there's no silver bullet, right? Like I would love, you're right in the bucket of odds are club head speeds going down. We might need lighter. We might need softer. That's that, that could happen, but you want to test it. And that's what you have people do. Cause I see folks all the time. Um, in fact, I talked uh, with another um, PJ professional all the time about this, where he's like, I see really high speed players that sometimes do really good with a little bit softer flex shaft, maybe not go down in weight, but flex. And I said, absolutely, because they don't load the shaft, even though they have a lot of club head speed, they don't have a lot of load. Their transition's a little slower, some of this stuff. They don't need to play a super stiff shaft, even though their club head speed kind of suggests they do. And so that's why you go in and you test it and you make sure because there's no perfect answer until you just, your body swings it and you see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I've always just thought all tour players played with X. I mean, that's what I always played with. And heavy and X and, you know, I see players like, like Lee Westwood, who's actually been playing some really good golf this past year. He's never hit an X shaft in his life, you know, and, and it does have to do with, with loading. I always thought he was crazy. Now I'm a little bit older and I can feel the difference. I'm like, man, I wish I had tried a little softer stuff earlier. Well, you didn't have the technology that these guys have. I mean, I think everybody back then, there was no like launch monitors were, you know, not really a thing. You didn't, you didn't know. So everybody was like, this is, what we think we should play and and honestly we still fight that to a degree of you know sometimes these younger better players are like they see you know the best players in the world playing something they think oh that's just what i should play and it's like no 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 no. and and you're starting to see that revolution you talked about it the nike was a perfect where you saw these folks branch out and start doing things differently than they've done in the past and i think you're going to continue to see that you know out there by the best players which is great it shows the golfing public like not everybody fits in a bucket. Like your, your, your swing is a snowflake and you got to have clubs that fit it. Yeah. And in particular for me, I'm almost six, five, slightly over two fifty, slightly, maybe way over that. But I, it's always, fitting has always been a challenge for me because uh, the stuff would get like way too heavy when I played a, you know, a, an iron shaft that was, three quarters of an inch or sometimes an inch long, it would just be an incredibly heavy club. And so I I didn't like the weight. So I'd always play shorter than maybe what I should have. Now you can go, you can dial it in where I can get the club as long as it wants without it being ridiculously heavy. The options are are really almost unlimited. And especially uh, if if your folks are using a resource like like Club Champion. But I want to finish with this without even talking to you uh, ahead of time about this, I'm, I'm going to assume a big, big part of the business at Club Champion it is is the driver. I, w- I would guess percentage wise, it's it's pretty high because that's where most people focus. And then you know, folks want to get irons, and then they maybe get into wedges and hybrids and all that. And and I think the last part would be my assumption is the last thing they get into is 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 the putter. And, and yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, you know, it's, we, we want to hit the ball farther. We want to hit it straighter. I don't care who you are. You want to hit it by your buddies. You want to go in and, and, and 
see a fitter and the first person, the first thing your, your buddy's going to ask you, you getting any farther, you know, and, and that's just, that's human nature and that's great. <clears throat> but in this game, best I can tell, putting is still very, very important. And, and, and I would always talk to people about if their goal in golf is to lower their handicap and shoot better scores, you better pay more attention to, to the putting and having a putter that fits your stroke is really, really important. Um, and and I'd just like to get your thoughts on, yeah. on the, the golfer who might be watching this and they're, they're focusing on the driver, which is great, but you guys do a lot of great work with the putters as well. Well, so putter's my favorite thing to push because it's 40% of your game and you're right on. I mean, the best players in the world and when you were playing, it, you knew putting was going to be one of the biggest differentiators between you and the field. And for me, I call it the gateway drug at club champion because people get scared about club fitting. Well, putter fitting is not a super long fitting. Um, it's not a super expensive fitting. In fact, it's our most economical fitting. And it's something that can instantly change your game the next round. Like you can get new clubs. It's going to change your game. But you're going to see that over like, a, um, you know, an average where you can start making putts tomorrow with the mm -hmm. right putter. And so, you know, for us, it's like, you know, we use science and motion sand putt lab, but you come in and we analyze your stroke and then marriage a putter to it. Now, you may have the proper putter, but it's not set up with the right loft, the right lie, the right weight, the right length, you know, the right grip. And so we tweak it. Uh, we may say, hey, you're in the completely wrong putter. This putter has too much toe hang. It's not opening and closing correctly. You're not squaring it up. You know, we need a different putter. But it's awesome. The, I mean, the feedback we get in every study we've ever done, putting just, if you're not getting your putter fit, you're missing a huge opportunity to score on the golf course because it instantly can make you better your next round after a putter fitting. Well, put, putter business to me is has always been a tough business because – not, not only, let's say, let's say you've got an innovative putter or some sort of product that has something to do with putting, whether it's a shaft, a grip, whatever, you're not competing against um, what's in the marketplace right now. You're not competing against just that because you're competing against all the putters that somebody has in a garage somewhere too. Because, you know, if you go back and look at a, you know, a Scottsdale answer or a, or a Scotty Cameron Newport, they hadn't really changed all of that much over the years and you can go back and you know grab the magic one and get a couple of days out of it and, that, and that's why i think that putter business is something that's that's pretty fickle i think for for the well and here here's some fun things that i like that the manufacturers and listen we sell manufacturers i still say it they don't like it but it's true you can paint them all black they and they don't care about the name i mean that doesn't matter like there's face balance putters there's 30 degree toe hang putters there's 45 degree toe hang putters there's 60 degree toe hang putters there's 90 degree toe hang putters there's putters with little offset putters with no offset the name doesn't change that's not going to be what makes you more putts what yeah. makes you more putts is marriaging some of those characteristics i just talked about getting the proper loft in line the name doesn't matter and i also love when people are like well this one feels great i'm going to tell you right now cool stat go into a golf shop put put uh, earphones in and, you know, put, you know, blinders on you and hit butts. You wouldn't know one putter from the next um, because sound is what creates feel. And so when you see all these different inserts and mills and all that, really a lot of what they're trying to do is create a different sound, which creates a different feel. And guess what? That could help you, but that's going to be the smallest part of making sure a putt goes in the hole. 
all those other characteristics, toe hang, offset, loft, lie, uh, weight, those are the things that are going to make a difference when you actually make a putt. And so I always tell folks, you can go research, you can have fun doing all that, make it your own putter. But at the end of the day, if you don't have those things right, nothing else matters. That putter that feels great today, I've had this happen quite a few times. Two days later, it's at the bottom of the pond out in front of number nine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I do want to ask you uh, one, one of the trends, because this is something I don't understand myself, but I'm seeing it a lot out on tour and I, and I haven't used it um, that the um, the shaft that's uh, composite on top metal on bottom or vice versa um, I, I know it sort of started out Bubba Watson played that old true temper biometric shaft that was uh, a composite of, of, of steel and graphite and two distinct yep. segments I'm seeing a lot of those on tour what, what's going on with that with that putter shaft well, you're seeing a lot of different putter shafts. So the one you're speaking of is like you see a lot in Odyssey putters. That's their stroke lab. Then like Louie, you've seen him. He has one called Stability by BGT, which is uh, Barney Adams um, company. Yep. And um, then you're seeing like Dustin Johnson and some of these guys playing what looks in uh, Bryson. That's all graphite. And so what you're seeing in this putter shaft technology is the next kind of jump in putters. And what their attempt to do is, is to create less torque in the putter shaft. And people go, well, less torque in a putter shaft. I mean, we don't really bend a putter shaft. You're 100% correct. That's, we really don't. Um, although you can get softer putter shafts that do it bend a little when you, when you putt. But the idea is, is with this tighter torque is a couple of things. One is uh, your putter has a small sweet spot. So if you get a little off and you get a little, you know, wiggle on that head when you don't hit the sweet spot, that's throwing off your ball speed. It's throwing off the direction the putter's, the putt's going to start. And so when you have these putter shafts that, you know, are more stable, less torque, um, and you get a little off, you're going to get less deflection. You're going to get more consistent ball speed on miss hits, and you're going to get less, you know, more online. Um, the other thing that's interesting about those putter shafts is torque can fool the mind. And so when you have less torque in there, what it's doing is it's making the putter feel freer. Like you feel like the head's just kind of going back and through and it's kind of your natural stroke. You're not fighting the shaft, if you will. And you probably don't even know what that means because you probably never even realized you did. But if you were to go to like a store, like a club GM or whoever has, you know, or selling these things we do, we'll have you hit a putt with one putter that's the two identical putters. One has one shaft, one has the other. And you're like, holy cow, side by side, I can feel that difference. And it makes a difference. Yeah, those things on top of that look really cool too. Yeah, like a lightsaber. That helps too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, and I, I, I lied to you. I said that was going to be my last question. One more, one more thing popped into my mind. Um, back, back last century when I played this game for a living, it was like, four different grips that you could use yeah, yeah, you know, for, for all your clubs. And then there was like three different putter grips. And, and um, I was always fanatical. I'd have my grips changed probably three or four times a year. And it had to be the same guy do them to get them, you know, get them all lined up. Cause I always like the reminder. I don't like round grips to this day. I don't like um, round grips. Nick, are you still there? Did I lose you? No, I, I think I'm still here. Okay, good. Our video went a little sideways here, but I'll just keep going since I believe we're going to be audio only. But um, there was probably only a, you know, the, the, the selection was, was minuscule. And, and um, I would have them changed out three, four times a year. Same guy, same, same day of the week. You, you know, I mean, you get crazy when you're a golfer. But I would also, um, every day, even for practice, I would have 
my grips clean, I either do it myself or get my caddy to do it. And I had to use a, a, a cheap stolen hotel towel that was like really ragged, you know, not, not the cushy fluffy ones, but the ones that are, you know, they're, yeah. they're worn. And then, and then it would have to hand dry outside, not in the air conditioning. Cause I had to have that exact feel every time I play golf. But when I look at what's available with grips, now the putter grips, the, all the different models from, from the manufacturers and grips, that that's almost i mean we could do a whole show almost on that absolutely but, i mean there's just so much big impact on performance yeah well that's that's your connection to the golf club and the other thing about grips people don't think about they all all these different materials and stuff weigh different things so you know weight of that grip is going to dictate other things about how that golf club goes so you know that's the big part of what we have to you know put in the equation not only do you have the right size you, you know, everybody just gets concerned with feel. And then they, after feel, they get concerned with size. Well, feel is up to the customer. But what I want is to make sure you have the proper size in order to get the club back to the ball square and, and with the most speed. So you can play with size to create speed hindrance or speed or speed it up and to create shot shape. So, you know, larger grips to smaller grips will allow your hands to do different things. And so, you know, having a club fitter that can help you do that is huge. And same with putter grips. I mean, putter grips are now, you can go ginormous to small. Like back in the day, when I started, everything was like a small little putter grip. And, you know, having that putter fit because people are like, oh, I want the big grip. It's going to take my hands out of it. Well, guess what? Some people need their hands. I'm in, in that camp. I can't stand a big putter grip. Right. So that's why you go get club fit. They all are great. There's so many good grips out there. You got so many choices and you can really make your clubs look cool too. Um, but you got to make sure you got that right size. Cause as you spoke, you don't know a PGA tour player on the planet or LPGA tour or senior PGA tour that doesn't scrutinize over their grips because that is their connection to the golf club. Yeah. We're fanatical about it. I, I had uh, one of my, my dad was in sales his very best customer lived in the Greensboro, North Carolina area. And, and, and I love him. He's still around. His name is Howie Moss and, and um, Howie would really good player. He was a basketball player at university of Tennessee and uh, loves, loves a game of golf, lifetime scratch golfer. And um, he, he's fanatic about sunscreen. And he'd always come, you know, when I play in the tour event in Greensboro or anywhere that he could drive to, he'd come up and he'd always come up on the first tee. And he's like old school. He wants it shake my hand and I'm looking at that hand and it's just slathered and sunscreen. I'm like, eh, I, I just get, I'm like, Hey, I give me like a fist bump or something. Cause if <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, like I'm, I'm a big, I've had some problems with skin cancer and, and I use a lot of sunscreen. I put on in the locker room and I have to wash my hands with soap and water. And then once I've done that and I'm going out to play, I don't want to touch anything that's going to put any kind of oil or sunscreen or anything like that on my hands. Cause then I know it's going to get on my grips. And that, right. and that was always the biggest, you know, the funniest moment because I really needed to shake his hand because he's my dad's best customer, but I, I just couldn't do it. But that gives the folks that are listening an idea of how fanatical professionals are with how their clubs feel. They're one of the easiest things to do to your golf clubs is have the proper grips put on them and making sure that you have somebody that, you you know, a fitter that, that can show you the size and what you should be doing. But it is amazing how many times people come in and I see the grips on their clubs and I'm like, how are you even swinging these things? Yeah, yeah. Because every- that is your connection and these things are slick as can be or whatever they are. And you just don't realize how much it impedes it until you get it done and you have somebody scrutinize over it. Right. And every, every now and then get a wet towel and just wipe them down, just scrub them down. It takes five minutes to do the whole set. Yep. So, uh, that, that definitely will help out. Well, Nick, uh, this show was all about one question. 
uh, from, from someone I played golf with and a member guest this past weekend. They want to learn more about uh, the golf equipment, what's new out there. I appreciate you providing the answer. The answer is uh, fi find a club fitter that you can rely on and um, start by taking a look at what you guys do at Club Champion. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me.